Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to Real Adventures for Club Marine. Get peace of mind with Club Marine Boat Insurance. Good morning and welcome to Real Adventures from wherever you are listening right around the country. Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood joining you this morning to talk fishing, boating and the great outdoors. All thanks to our good mates at Club Marine. Get flexible cover for your jet ski, boat, motor, trailer and gear all in one policy, clubmarine.com.au. He's got a jet ski himself. Redmond, good morning. I actually took Finn out on the jet ski during the week, or was it during the week or last week? We didn't even speak yeah, about and, it. And, and I bought and this how, for him. And how did it, yeah. <laughs> you bought this for Well, him. let's just say I'm going to say fuel, because he absolutely hated it. How many times have you bought things and you have used the excuse of, and I feel like this is coming with the ram, <laughs> oh, with, <laughs> the, with the excuse of, I got it for safety for the kids. Or I got this for you. I Marge. didn't get a safety for the kids. I got this for safe my ram for safety because my next boat's going to be close to three ton, even though that my old car could tow three point five. Like I sell it to myself all the time. I, it's not as far as Mards. I've got you a beautiful five thousand Stella. I've matched it with a uh, a grappler. You are going to love this when you're fishing for white. It's just going to le- like less strain through your arm. And ca- the thing with Kari, just for some reason, like goes. Oh, when I told her about the, the ram, for instance, she's like. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Like, yeah, no, if you, your boat's going to be close safety. to three ton, I think you probably should buy that. I'm like, hold on. Did, did, did anyone else hear that? <laughs> like, oh, God. But it's, she, it's, it's safety. safety. It, yeah. It's the importance well, of looking at That jet ski was about safety in case <laughs> I, someone broke down and I needed to get out to him in a hurry. We have to look after the yeah. next Well, actually, because I went hard with my brother in it. He is a marine mechanic. Because he he'll actually, have all the time to use. So you're, this is what's going to happen. You're going to take it out. You're going to thrash so it. Far we've You're going to break it and he's going to fix it. So far, we've had it for three weeks. It's been broken twice. I've used it for not even an hour. He's probably put about 30 hours on it. He broke the, le- the the boot inside of the leg, which I had to go pick a part up for. I paid for it. I put it back. Yes, he did put it back in. <laughs> not only that, he borrowed a GoPro off me the other week, Go on. snapped the hatch off the jet ski and lost my GoPro. <laughs> This jet ski so far was How cheap. Much does it, cost you? it was cheap, but I think we paid two and a half grand each. And so far, I'm up to nine grand in parts. <laughs> Don't buy a jet ski. Hey, uh, we had a great weekend. Yeah, we, we did. We went to the uh, Ultimate Fishing Expo, with Vic, which uh, Vic Fisheries had set up. And one of our uh, favorite fishers, well, he's not really a fisher, he's a fishing enthusiast, he describes himself as, is Robson Green. Uh, the actor. Um, he's very similar Brent. to you. He just loves it. He honestly, loves he just it. loves it. And he's so enthusiastic for it. And we were fortunate enough uh, to meet Robson back, uh, backstage. Uh, and, he, and he went on stage and spoke about his passion for fishing. And obviously, he's an actor by trade. That's where it all started for him. Uh, and then, you know, he's had the ability to turn um, and, and direct his acting journey into fishing and the mm. stuff that he loves. And he doesn't profess to be an expert. He just loves it. Do you have a, a favourite memory from oh, him? Because he was great to listen to oh, on for stage. For some reason, oh, I actually, we, him and Kari, we used to watch it, him together when we first got together. And uh, 
when I told her she's going to be at the thing, she goes, is that that extreme fishing guy? And I'm like, yeah, it is. <laughs> like, I said, that's Robson Green. And we used to watch him back when we first got together. And we used to sit down with mum and watch him when he was on, I can't remember what channel he was on back in the day. We used to watch him all the time. And for some reason, the only one that triggers my head is him literally catching, I'm pretty sure it was Atlantic salmon. And there was just brown bears walking around around him, like quite close. They had a guide and, with and him. He's, but, and, but he's so um, enthusiastic, like, oh my, he's just, oh, oh, he's just losing Him and it. Paul are the ultimate showman. Showman. I was going to say a different word, but. <laughs> <laughs> I remember um, uh, he was fishing for sturgeon and that was one of the things that just, that was incredible to see the, the size of the fish, like the size of a small car. And he's hooking them and he's just going absolutely bonkers. Um, so it's great to have but he's just him on stage. But he's just a down-to-earth guy. Like, he was just a really nice guy and he gave... I didn't hear a single bad word from him and the amount of comments... I'm obviously in the industry for work and yourself, you're very interested in it too. And I read a lot of the comments through the, the pages, through Vic Fisheries and people posting photos. There wasn't a negative comment about him. There wasn't. So all credit to him for uh, putting on a very good show for us Victorians. Great event, the Ultimate Fishing Expo. The only challenge was, and, and I'll, I'll give Fisheries definitely have an out here, I don't think they realised just how popular the event was going to be because when yeah. we got there, we walked in and you know we were there at the start. I think we were there at 10 o'clock. I think so it, it was meant to open at 10, but they opened up a little bit earlier and... And the crowd there, there was no one in the line when we got there. No. We just walked straight in, didn't we? But yeah. two hours later... No, oh, yeah, before our, it was actually, no, it was actually not two hours later. It was, was it we start, started was at 11. Our talk, we went on at 20 to 11 and there was people that were messaging me. Were I they there for I us? didn't check my phone. Yes, the whole line was so for us. So we've caused the problem. <laughs> okay, there was two people that messaged me. But there was, there was, I had multiple people say they wait, they traveled three to four hours to get to this event only to be in line for onwards of three hours. And I didn't have one, honestly didn't have one message. You go through my socials, I had so many comments about it on the post I put up and then private messages and then Salt Guide got emails too saying that uh, we're spewing, we missed out, are you guys going to be here tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yep. But because there was, you know, Lee Rayner was there from obviously Fishing Edge. You had Paul Worsling, Jet Worsling and Christy from iFish. Bashar Hawley was there, Robson Green, um, it was fantastic fishing. It was, it was fantastic. It was a brilliant event. Um, they, they just and then <laughs> and then we brought it down, but they didn't realise just how popular oh, it was going to be. There was they reckon there was between seven hundred to a thousand people at one time waiting to get in, and the line. And the reason was for for those that were waiting. The reason was the uh, rulings that you could only have eight hundred people in, in the space. building. At any one time, so that was the reason. It wasn't because they were trying to keep people out. It simply was the, um, and they the, would have pushed the boundaries too a bit too, maybe hundred percent, hundred percent. So I, I think it was a really successful event. The only thing was, if, you know, if you can get a few I, more bays next. Time. I've also heard a lot of feedback saying a lot of people travelled and there wasn't enough there. And do you know what? Why I reckon what I reckon comes back to this was Craigo and I and Gwaine had discussion saying. Do we, because fishing event, right, yep. right, this is our market. Do you have a stand? Do we have a stand there? Yeah. And then we all said, no, let's see what happens in the first year. Yeah, 100%. And let's, and let's go off that. Yep. And then straight away, Craig and I on the way home, after you dropped me off back in town, I said to Craig, oh, mate, we are doing this event next year. Ha- yes, yep. Uh, I actually had the same I, conversation with, with Paul around Real, Real Brand. Brand. Yep. And, oh, we've missed one. 
We were so good. There were so many people there. And they squished it in. They could definitely open it up a bit bigger, create more space, which obviously allows more people in, I think. And then not only that... You're after, spot on, though. It's the first year and people were like, oh, let's just see how it goes. 100%. Was, we were, that's what we were. It we was did brilliant. That. Yep. And we didn't want to... Like, for us to make a big effort, like, it, people go, oh, it's not hard to put a stand in there. Well, all the preparation that goes into it, the emails back and forward to Vic Fisheries, not only that, you've also got to... Uh, then stay up in the city. We're not from the city. So you've got to stay up in the city, which all costs money. Everything adds up. So it's got to be worth your time to, as a business perspective, to be able to do this. And but we'll, for those that did, fantastic. Like, and for those that exposure. did, they won. They, yep. they won. They yep. won. They won the battle for that day over us. I can guarantee you that because all the angling clubs were there. I, I wish there were some bigger companies like Shimano. I wish they, like Frogley's Offshore, which are, I'm a part of those two But companies. it's because I'm, it's the first one. 100%. And but you can, like even talking to the guys at Fisheries, they were nervous at the start of the day mm. and then by the end of the day, it was like, well, their biggest issue is actually control. just getting people in. And which people is, were pissed off and I can see why, but it's a success. Look at it as a success. 100%. And uh, next year... I think they should three times the size of it. Yep. Not just double it. Three times, if not more, like that, the people are going to come. Yeah. And Especially if it's a free event. And it was free. Hey, uh, your week in fishing, yep. we've seen some great captures right around the country. Well, we'll, we'll follow that uh, after the break when we, f- uh, when we whip through the whip around and find out what's biting in your part of the country. South Australia has seen some incredible captures, but... On the boat this week. You've you literally call? got 10 minutes because I'm about to head to Bermagui. <laughs> so the show's got to wrap up soon because I'm about to head marlin fishing and your boat is on the back and the boys are waiting for me because we're about to leave. Oh boy. Wow. Uh, so we're going to talk in a minute about a bit about marlin, bit in detail into marlin fishing. Yep. yep. Uh, my week in fishing, uh, the tuna have pushed out wide. So what I mean by that out the front of the Portfolio Bay heads, they were in that 30 metres and they were pricks to catch. Yeah. They've moved out wide. There's yeah. birds feeding on them and they're opening their mouths. They are eating. They're a whole different school. They're, I reckon they're the same fish, but they've moved They're not selling themselves like they did a month ago. No, we're still going to get patches of fish that do that, but there's m- large amounts of school out wide yep. with birds on them, which is amazing to see. So uh, you just got to spend the time... Trying to find oh, them. Do you remember last year I took you guys out? It was this time last year. It was just before we went away in your boat. And uh, we... The, remember the mutton birds flying around yep. everywhere and we're running yep. the soft plastics through them and there was just fish after fish? Yep. That's what it should be like. Yep. I actually personally haven't been on them. Uh, I had a bit of other stuff to do this week. But the boys report fantastic. I did the gummy sharks. I did the flathead and I did the whiting this week. Uh, crap time to do the whiting crap time to do the gummies because of the moons we managed to we'll chase in small gummies managed a couple of small ones but uh, it was a lot of crap fish around because of the slow tides the whiting was more about video content as in as in the pickies you're talking the parrot fish no right? we're talking we're inside the bay we're talking the oh, banjos right. the port jacksons all that crap like it was yep. bad as it gets and I just want to say something like a lot of people kill these things banjos and that when they I know how annoying they are but they have a purpose in the water I honest to god do not kill these like I don't kill toadies I, I actually get the may I won't mention my mate's name he was throwing them into the bait board and dropping them at the back of the boat the other week I said no no no, no. there's stop doing that please because it's it's legit got a purpose like yep. they literally have a purpose in the water like 
if you have a cleaner for your house, oh, I do. It's called Kari. Can I say that online uh, <laughs> on here? But no, Kari, Kari, can, she Kari listen, cleans up. She, she doesn't listen. The vacuum. They're the vacuums of the sea. They yep. clean up. They yep. clean up all the crap you don't want. That all that burly and crap that you drop in the water. If that just sits in there, the water's going to go yuck in our bays and inlets. You know what happens if you've got a fish tank and a fish dies? It starts stinking. Yep. These things clean your bay. They're the vacuums of the sea. They keep everything on point. So stop killing the banjos. I know how annoying they are. I, I can't stand the things. They do your head in, but they have a purpose and that's what reason we have the ability to catch these gummy sharks and everything else because our waterways are, are so good. So yep. it, it, it's a great fishery. So yeah, the flatties went uh, pretty good too on that outgoing tide, that stronger tide. So yeah, weekend fishing wasn't too bad. And like I said, marlin fishing soon, Patrick. So the preparation for marlin fishing, yep. you've got the boat, which is mine. Um, ours, let's talk ours. about let's yeah. talk about the gear that is important when targeting marlin fishing. Now, what's the cheapest that you can run to give yourself a really good opportunity to catch fish? Yeah, so I I run uh, Tiagra fifty wides, and they're on twenty four kilo outfoot. Outfits. I normally run 37 kilo on barrels, but I've brought it back to 24 kilo for the marlin. So you can people use 15s and 30s to catch them. I'm yep. just putting an average out there. Yep. 24 kilo. That's what I use. Can you give us the so Tiagra 50? Yep. That sits in around the 800 to 1000 dollars range, depending on when you're buying. Yeah, I'll bring it back a step if you want for a bit more of affordable. You want that? Yes. I can go to a TLD. Right. A TLD is a cheaper reel. You're probably looking at half the price, maybe a bit less. So probably that 300 dollars for a reel. Yep. And one thing I don't spend money on is game rods. I just never have, and I've never had one break, and I've never had an issue. And I've told you this when yes, you, you I've told you this many 150 times. 150 bucks a rod. Yeah, you spend. sometimes yeah. less. Like yeah. they, you can spend what you want if you've got all the money in the world, go for it. So buy, what are you buy. running then? The backbones, the charter specials, they call them. Like the charters run all these rods because they don't break and yeah. they work well. Are they slightly heavier or slightly whatnot? Yeah, I don't. I don't probably marlin fish enough to go out there and severe and notice it. Like I, I do like I have got a, one or two nice rods, but the rest of them are just cheapos. Like like they're just cheapy rods yep. and reels. So for you under five hundred dollars, you can set up a full kit marlin a marlin rod. Like well and truly under five hundred dollars. So if that's the gear, yep. Then let's talk the lures and the skirts yeah. and the teaser setup that you're running. Yeah. So well, let's go. Let's go with lures now. First thing I like to say is I don't like to run lures for marlin. So striped marlin, the way their eyes work is they don't center very well. So they don't see very well. They actually have to be side on to see where a blue marlin's eyes and a black marlin's eyes can roll forward. So they can see straight very well. So when a striped marlin feeds, they, they use their nose. So they use their beak erratically. So that's why a lot of the time, like your baits will be whacked and they they're like, Destroyed because they come up and they smack it. They smack yeah. it with their nose before. You can see mounting. it when you see the you know the David Attenborough docker. Yeah, the broom sticks s- out the water. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and yeah. that's how they feed. They, they haven't got yeah. very good eyesight, so they rely on their their beak, and that's how they feel. So what we're trying to do with lures is ideally not run them. In my world, I try not to run lures ever. I'm trying to run skip baits and I'm trying to run live baits as much as I possibly can, and teaser but and teasers is what you just. I uh, yep. mentioned a second ago. Now, the reason for the lures is you can run your normal barrel hooks that we use and the chances of hooking up on those normal uh, Shogun or Jobu hooks, those bigger hooks, it, your percentages go down by the second because they're a big, thick-gauged hook. Their mouth is so hard and bony, you nearly want like a needle-type uh, you want a needle type hook to pin them and what we tend so to so are you changing hooks every from the last time that you went yep. this time last year yeah, are, are you changing re-rigged everything 
Re-rigged everything. Everything, top to bottom. And every hook is brand new with an SL12. So they're the game fishing hooks. They're a very light-gauged hook. You can only run about six kilo of drag on these. Not ideal for blues and black marlin at all in the slightest. But the striped marlin, running your drag back a little bit, they work extremely good and they're needle sharp. Like They're, the yeah. side, they're probably the same thickness as a snapper hook like in really? perspective. They are yep. thin as anything. You do straighten them a lot. But a lot of the time you straighten them is when you're on the leader. So when you're actually grabbing the marlin. Back and a lot of people are popping them off at the boat anyway. Yeah. So And they're SL12s. And they're the ideal hook. They're a fantastic hook. Then you go into teaser bars. I know we're pushing for time, so we might take this into the break. I'll talk about the teaser bars. And then we'll after the break, don't go anywhere. We'll keep talking a little bit more about the marlin. But the teaser bars is crucial. I run a big hook and dredge bar. And I think I spoke about this uh, a couple of weeks ago for the kingfish. It might have even been last week. And what it is... It's a big stainless bar that goes over the side of the boat. It has, I think, 12 to 15 maybe legs hanging off it and big shiny 1.2 metres to 1.8 metres of just silver shininess that look and resemble fish. And in the water, it glows fluorescent. It's unbelievable the colour that this makes, this teaser bar. We're going to pick up the rest of this conversation on the other side of the break. You're listening to Real Adventures for Club Marine. You're listening to Real Adventures for Club Marine. Get peace of mind with Club Marine Boat Insurance. Welcome back to Real Adventures. If you missed the uh, the first quarter uh, of the show this morning, uh, you can download the Real Adventures app and listen to any of our podcasts from any week in any year, Redmond. We've been going for five years. They're all up there. Uh, from wherever you get your podcast, and you can catch up on the first half of uh, our conversation around uh, this week's trip for you to Bermagui. Uh, on the other side of the break, you were talking around dredge uh, bars and yep. teaser bars, and how's so how that's important. Yeah, and they're, they're probably the most important thing when marlin fishing, especially trawling, even ticking liveys around, trawling skip baits around. Because you're trying to generate the excitement from the fish and get them up to the boat. <laughs> Nearly nine times out of ten, you'll the, the marlin will be on your teaser before a skip bait. Yeah, and then another good method is switch baiting. So I run two types of teasers. I run the dredge bar, and then I run a daisy chain out the other side. And the daisy chain is just say meter and a half of squid of plastic squid. Are they hooked or unhooked? No hooks, no yep. hooks. And then on the back of that, I have a lure with no hooks in it. Yeah, I don't run. I don't want to catch them on a lure. They throw hooks out really easy. Yep. You hook it. You, you want the best chance to actually land bring and land the fish. That's right. And on a lure, you're like under fifty percent. Like it's on a circle hook on a live bait, you're up to like nine times out of ten you're going to land these fish. So switch braiding. You've brought yep. that fish up. You've generated the excitement. It's now sitting on the back of the teasers. Now yep. what do you do next? Oh, that's when everything goes mayhem. You see, you I start yelling, and that's the <laughs> people start panicking. And everything goes wrong. It's always <laughs> the time when everything goes wrong. It's the time where the fish is on the teaser bar, the broom sticks out of the water, they're smacking that daisy chain, and for somehow their boys have managed to tangle all my live baits in the slimy tubes. That's the best. So we've got we've got our we've done our bait prep early in the day. We've loaded the tanks up full of slimies. We've got them bridled up. We've got our skip baits all spready, and each slimy tube we've got two slimies in there in case a marlin comes up. And you say to the boys, righto, when you see that beat come out, or if a fish gets on the teaser bar, we're going to switch it. We're going to drop the bait in. Now, I should add, if this is difficult to keep track of, uh, you can head to saltguide.com.au and Aaron has walked through all of this uh, around the, the do's and don'ts and the method behind this. If it's hard to keep up uh, 
listening to it. Um, it's very hard to explain. It is hard, here, like. but if you're familiar with it, then yep. you get it. You get the excitement, and you also get how important it is to be organised in this scenario. And that's organised. Organised is and ready to go is the key. And we got them bridled up, ready to go. The, the live baits, and they will come up on these teaser bars, and the boys will go drop the livey back in, and you just drop it in free spool it, and just hold the line next to the marlin, and just watch it turn and eat it. So it's eating it, and, and you're you just still, let it go. You're letting it go. Let it go. Let yeah. it run. For my rule is six to seven, eight seconds. Like the longer you let it go, these circle hooks are designed to roll out of their guts and hook them in the corner of the jaw. So you may have just let this fish run for eighty meters. Oh yeah, it could be close to yeah, yeah, yeah definitely yeah. And then and you're still in that position of wait, 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 wait and now. And then go. I'll say get up on get up on the button. So on your fifty wide, you've got your drag set to twenty four kilo. Well, third of your line class. We've always spoken about this on the shows. Third of your line class, so twenty four kilo drops down to roughly eight kilo or eight kilo. But you try and get it around that eight kilo. Get up on the strike, and then the boys will have him kitted out. Whoever is on the rod, the rest of the gear will come in, and. I will keep my eye out for another fish because striped marlin and pack hunters, I've, as a driver of the boat, I'll be looking for another fish because we've got that other rod ready to go and that rod is, like, if I see one, chuck it in because you might not get another bite for the rest of the day and you've got two on and then mayhem is going. And I just want to, I didn't mention this at the start of the show or when we're talking about marlin, the gear. Spin gear is great, a great thing to drop baits in with because it's quite easy to use bit harder to land fish on, but like I run a 18,000 and 20,000 Stellars with 80 pound braid and I'm running 60 to 100 pound Samurai extractors. A bit heavy gear, they're more pricier, but I would spend money on spin gear rather yes. than... That was going to be my rod. question. Yeah, I, I was going to preface it with, I reckon I know the answer here compared to spending it on the yes. overheads, that it is worth spending. 100%. Yep. 100% spend the money on the spin gear. Yep. If you were to use, say, 20,000 Saragossa on it, you might land a few fish on it, don't get me wrong, but they pull some serious hurt. Like yeah, the longevity drags. of like these. Yeah, stout, that is built. Stella is built to yep. tackle 150 kilo mark. I'll always try and give you everything as cheap as possible for you guys, but I would spend money on these gear. Like I use them on the barrels too, and I I did burn, I've burned a couple out. Stella twenty thousands, and that's yeah. the best rod uh, you can reel in the market. That's yeah. right, because. The strain that goes through these spin reels is incredible. Like, you just, they're just, they're that hot. Like, they're just, it's a, yeah. so much strain pulling through them. And then the last one is just making sure that you're fishing in the right, uh, right areas as such. So, your current, so rip charts is the one that I use. And it, it gives me a fair indication of what the water's doing. Uh, we want to find an edge of a current line where that water temperature is ideal, um, that 22 to 24 degrees ideal. Uh, the fish will hang on that. We want to make sure the updwelling's sort of in that area, which this time of the year, it's sort of, I've never seen it not. And we also want to make sure with striped marlin that the current's not pushing too hard. We want to find that nice placid bit of water where the fish are going to be easy to feed because, once again, they're a bit of a lazier marlin. Yeah. Where your blue marlins and your, your blacks will come into that slow water. Your blues will, at times, stripes won't tend to go into the fast water much at all, but your big blues will be out in that deep current on the other end of the shelf. So, so much to it. But that's a bit of the long story short. All right, let's get to the whip around. Uh, we find out what's biting right around the country and what's biting in your backyard, all thanks to Club Marine. Get flexible cover for your jet ski, boat, motor, trailer and gear, all in one policy, clubmarine.com.au. 
Uh, New South Wales, the Marlin bite looks absolutely brilliant, which is great for you, Aaron, because Weather's you're heading up after the show. Weather's a bit of a mixed mixed report today, Pat, the, the weather. It's not Has ideal. Has it got you nervous? Uh, not nervous. You should be. <laughs> it's your boat. <laughs> <laughs> We've got about a 10 to, oh, probably about 15 knot wind for the first day and then sort of dropping back out. Then I can't really... St- I think it's going to end up a little bit nicer at the end of the week, but the first few days is going to be poor old Robbie's back's going to be his spine's going to be in his backside. So, uh, now I think it'll be a few half days straight up, Pat. I think a few half days because I'll be taking it easy too. But the marlin bite looks great. Yarra Bay produced plenty of fish this week, also bonito salmon, some legal sized kingfish, flathead, tailor, all in a couple of hours fishing, and half a pilly did the damage there. Uh, let's let's talk Queensland. What are you hearing? Because there's a few brim being caught. Yeah, slaty brim. Good. Size. Slaty brim. I've never heard of it. I've just Googled it uh, before. The, I've seen the reports on socials. It looks similar though. It's big. <laughs> it's like this big. <laughs> They're like 10 kilo. <laughs> so they've been caught of the rocks at Inns Park. So that is the great fishery there. And some. I don't think you're getting confused if you get a slaty brim versus a normal or... No. Well, what we would consider a normal brim. No, they, uh, don't, they don't look anything alike. And they, <laughs> one is gigantic. I've never even heard of it before, but they are meant to be unreal on the rod. They pull hard. And as you can imagine, any sort of brim does that sort of snapper-like look body. They, they perform really, really well. Speaking of um, of you know, bloody good-sized fish, some of the uh, large-mouth nannies being landed off Bundaberg. Mm, micro jigs. Nana guys, for those playing at home. Uh, on micro jigs. Mm. You and I were fortunate enough to get a few of them up north when we were up north. And Fantastic. Beautiful eating fish as yeah, well. Yeah, and great pulling fish. That initial power off them, trying to pull you back into the reef. Sensational. So the key, obviously, you've got to get them off that reef early, but then you can't keep whacking into them because the gear, they're such a powerful fish. Oh, they are, and they just pull right to the top. Well, that initial whack is the one that you like. Because you have to get them off the going. bottom. Yeah, you yep. want to get them off the bottom. Work them up. Not, you don't want to go stupid. You just want to get them out of that reef and get keep them coming. So you don't want to drop any fish. You don't want to drop their head. As soon as you drop the head of a fish, whether it's a barrel tuna, that's why you always hear me saying, keep it coming, keep yep. it coming. Like yep. keep it. So a lot of people, what they do, they'll get to a point with their rod and they get vertical and they just sort of stand there. And they're just standing there because they're not going, they can't go up further. And if they feel like they go down, it's going to drop. But the key to that is, is to actually get a wind in, but you yeah. don't want to go high with the rod. And that's why I'm always saying little lifts, like little lifts. So from the water to your, basically your boobs, you yep. basically lift that Need and chest. then wind down, lift up, wind down. Like just that small lift is keeping it coming because as soon as you go up, you and then you've got, to go. you know, if you go up too high, you can do what Craigo did last week and snap my reaction rod. But, yeah, that initial drop is yeah, going to drop it, its it, head. There's an early gaff for uh, our good mate Craig Cox at Salkai. Yeah, he did. He, he snapped my uh, and brand new reaction. Is the other reason behind that is if you go too high and then you obviously drop the rod quickly, you'll leave it, slack in it, the that's line. Yeah, that's what you mean. You drop you've the got fish. A huge chance of losing it. Oh, losing it also yeah. is dropping the head of the fish down. Which is drop the head of the fish. It's like a stingray. It's great. A stingray is the ultimate practice on teaching someone how to wind a fishing because they're dead weight. And if you keep it coming with a stingray. I'm not, I haven't got much of me, but a lot of the time, I can pull a stinger up quicker than a lot of other people. You're not going to spend three hours Exactly, because of my technique. I just keep it coming. It's only small lifts, but I'm keeping it coming, and it's slow motion, where a lot of people lift, and they're trying to rip it, and the drag's coming out, and it's actually dropping the fish back down, and then sure enough, they fall back to the bottom. So a stingray is a great method to learn how to actually lift and wind correctly. Heading over to the west, Cottesloe producing some huge 
Mulloway off the beach. Fish up to 1.2 metres. Uh, Golden Trevally are going nuts off Exmouth right now, eating just about anything with big schools of them showing up, feeding on the surface. And we're hearing good reports off Dunsborough fishing off the jetties and off the beaches. South Australia, the tuna are out in force and they are close in. Some of the Pretty boat sh- traffic, Redmond. I've seen a ridiculous comment during the week. One of the Adelaide fishing stops, I think it's Adelaide, Tackle, Tackle World Adelaide, I think it was. You're not happy they, with that? No, they claimed Adelaide to be the capital of the bluefin. Wow. They claimed it. Well, they could be right. I'm not, Port I'm just Mac. thinking, no, geez, that's, Port a, Mac. That's, a big, that's not Adelaide, that's nine hours away. <laughs> that's closer to me than it is Adelaide. <laughs> well, Port I'm Mac. just playing, the fishing's are sensational. Brilliant. Absolutely sensational. The school fish, but, and they are... The whole, where do you start? We've actually got a special guest, Indy Thompson from Fish uh, Tuna Champions on today and she's going to be talking a fair bit about tuna and what they've done to get our fishery, what it is, what we're talking about right now. Uh, West Beach holding a heap of good-sized garfish at the moment and squid. Uh, Burley is a must if you're fishing for the gars. They're a great thing to get kids into fishing as well. And once again, Aaron, when you talk about eating them, Yes. You can cook them up and then you can basically pull that spine out. Yeah. And then you can eat the bones. Yep. Um, if you're comfortable with it. But once you if cook you them. If you like choking. Yeah. <laughs> you can literally pull that spine up. There's and a you, few. You pretty much pull all the bones out. A few different methods too. You've got that method. You've also got the rolling method where you can act. And you've got the method of using a butter knife so to take them out. So rolling pin as yep. in you literally roll that fish out and then strip that spine literally, out of it. Yep. Literally spot on. Absolutely spot on. So there's. Three different methods you can use to the garfish, but the smaller they are, the uh, the smaller they are, the easier it is to just eat the bones, and a lot of people will do that. Tasmania Redmond, yeah, it's heading over to Tassie. Tuna off Winyard are also everywhere right now, and all the reports are just sensational, and they're willing to eat everything. So they're just widespread these bluefin at the moment, and. And everyone's enjoying them. Anything on the uh, freshwater front? Yeah, Rose Garland is holding some huge browns. So when I say huge, they were literally like 15 pounds. They were massive browns. And they had those weird-looking head. Well, you know where they start? The the hook jaw. Yeah, the hook jaw. We love that. You know they're starting to... Really have a go when (laughs) when they've got the hook jaw going. So, yeah, no, that looked really, really promising, that Rose Garland. And they'll get them on hard bodies too, Pat. Uh, What have you heard from uh, your counterpart? Wayne Blake this week. He's obviously fished Western Port yep. and he's got the report for Port Phillip Bay as well. Um, he was... What are you targeting? Yeah. What's your recommendation? Yeah, for the week coming. Uh, so just go marlin fishing. Gwayne's <laughs> 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 been on the tuna attic that Western Port neck of the woods. He's been yep. down that way doing really, really well. The whiting in Western Port are still going absolutely red hot and there's still some kingfish, well, plenty of kingfish around in Western Port in itself as well. So... There's just so many options right now, like so many options, and make the most of it because I can guarantee you, by the time I get back from Burmy, it's going to be nearly, say, for instance, two weeks when I'm talking to you again, or a week, and it's going to be starting. The weather's going to start to taper off the other way, in, which is, isn't a great thing. So, uh, make the most of it while we can. Saltguide.com.au if you want uh, Gwaine's report or. Aaron's port for that matter. Uh, that was the whip around. Thanks to our good mates at Club Marine. Get flexible cover for your jet ski, boat, motor, trailer and gear. All in one policy. Clubmarine.com.au You're listening to Real Adventures for Club Marine. Get peace of mind with Club Marine Boat Insurance. It's now time for All Aboard for Club Marine. Get flexible cover for your jet ski, boat, motor, 
trailer and gear, all in one policy, clubmarine.com.au. Our special guest this morning is Indy Thompson, project manager at Tuna Champ. She's also a marine scientist. Good morning, Indy. Good morning. Thank you very much for having me, team. It's good to have a chat with you. It's great to have you on. Now, you've had a massive weekend. You've obviously been in Victoria uh, spruiking the good word of Tuna Champs at the Ultimate Fishing Expo. How was the feedback from the event? Aaron and I, we, we loved it. We thought it was wonderful. Um, and, and clearly it's something that's going to be built um, year on year and hopefully get bigger and better. But how was the, the weekend for you? Um, because we got absolutely smashed. I don't think there's another way of putting it. There were people left, right and centre for the whole weekend. I think there was a lineup of 1,200 people outside the door at one stage. So it was an incredibly successful event. We spoke to a whole range of fishers about our program and junior champions and what we do and got some good feedback and we're really starting to see the change in person as well, having these conversations with fishers from the local area. So, yeah, it was great. So... Let's talk about your involvement in it and you're now working with Tuna Champs. You are a marine scientist. How did you how did you that go about, you know, sort of you know, what got you excited to become a marine scientist? It was actually a bit of a fork in the road moment for me. I think everyone says you have one in your life and mine was when I caught a fish at the age of 16 years old. I came in to weigh the fish. It turned out to be a world record and at the time I was weighing it, Paul Worsling and Sean Tracy, um, Associate Professor Sean Tracy, were filming a television show in Tassie and they walked over and they shook my hand and said, oh, we're here to catch swordfish and at the time that's what what I was weighing and they said what are you doing tomorrow I said I've got school and they said no you don't we're going fishing (laughs) so I jumped on the boat Uh, we ended up getting a swordfish the next day putting a satellite tag in it and I just thought at 16 years old that is the coolest thing ever like they are literally live tracking a fish it's what you call stalking but anyway in the modern (laughs) age we won't call it that Um, but yeah and from then on I was like this is the career that I want to pursue so I went to uni to become a marine scientist and now Sean Tracy is actually my boss and Paul Wessling is one of my best friends. So well, that's a fork in the road moment for me. Well, let's take us back to when you were younger. Who actually got you into fishing? Dad. And, dad, yep. Who actually got you into fishing? Daz, where, did it yep. all, where did it all start? And you obviously didn't just start when you were 16. Take us back to the start, where you live and what you actually fish for. Got to correct you there. It was dad and mum. Sorry, so my sorry. my mum was an avid avid recreational fisher and they actually met in the industry so my mum and dad used to fish every weekend they had free and game fishing mum was still fishing when she was nine months pregnant with me catching tuna so um, I was pretty much born straight into it Um, I got my sea legs I think that's it I was taken straight from the hospital and onto a boat and I've never looked back I've been fishing as long as I can remember um, catching smaller fish and eventually worked my way up to find my love for game fish and I don't think I've ever turned around and, and gone back. <laughs> I love all fish, but in particular game fish. Now, you don't fish out so, of uh, out of any boat, though. Talk us through. Uh, if you go game fishing now, Indy, what are you fishing in with Dad? I'm very fortunate. Um, my father owns a Boston Whaler, 305 Boston Whaler Conquest. So a lot of the fishing that we do is out of the Boston um, in a little place called St. Helens in Tasmania. So we're fishing for swordfish, tuna, um, occasionally sharks, but very rarely. So anything that's pelagic has fins, we're interested in, yeah, drop the boat in the drink and away we go. We nice all, and close to home. We all know St. Helens is an ordinary place around the country <laughs> just, to, just, to fish. Uh, is that where you actually live, Indy, in St. Helens as well? 
<laughs> it is where I live at the moment. I think I'm living out of a suitcase because I'm flying everywhere for my current role. But yeah, my base is St. Helens and we're literally five minutes from the boat ramp. And when I say you put your lures in at the ramp, I mean you put your lures in at the ramp. Well, take so us through the catching. options, what you catch there at St. Helens, because some people will not know this. And it is one of the Australia's, the world's if not the, yeah, great the world, fishing yeah. destinations. Well, we are only 12 nautical miles to the shelf. So you are literally dropping your boat in the drink and in 25 minutes, you're catching world record swordfish or releasing world record. Whatever you want to do, it's there. We've got 100 plus kilo bluefin tuna in eight meters of water about half a mile off the point. So that's exactly, that's where the boat ramp is. It's it's an insane fishery right through to the, you know, your table fish, whether you want to catch striped trumpeter, blue eye traveller. So we've got a whole diverse range of species, but it, the, the fishery is just incredible. I've got no other word for it. There's not many places in the world that within 25 minutes you can be fishing for, you know, 300 kilo plus swordfish. So you've had now the ability to combine a passion of yours that is fishing with obviously your marine science studies, but now tuna champions. You've taken on the role as project manager. How has that come about? Are you enjoying your role um, and and spruiking the good word of caring for your catch and promoting? Southern bluefin sustainability fishing, in a sense. Yeah, look, absolutely. Like anyone and any avid fisher, you want the fishery to be as fruitful as you possibly can have it for generations to come. You know, one day I would like to have children. I want them to have the access and the ability to go and catch tuna and enjoy it, whether that be on their plate or watch it swimming in the water. So the role to me is incredibly important. And I see it being, I was having a conversation with someone the other day, actually, and I said, eventually tuna champions should be obsolete. We shouldn't exist because if people are doing the job well enough, we're not needed. And that's where I want to see tuna champions get to, where we're no longer necessary. Um, So it's pretty cool to combine my marine science and my avid fishing. I absolutely love my fishing. And so it's important to me from two perspectives, one, to give recreational anglers the education that they need to be able to apply it, and two, to take care of our fish for the future. That's why she's working harder now, Pat, so she can retire early, get her job done, <laughs> make the point, and she can retire early so she can fish more. Uh, Indy, yeah, where, where, are we, where are we moving forward with Tuna Champions? So we majority of the, well, the state, if not the whole country, now knows what Tuna Champions are. Take us through... What is a going ahead? What is ahead for Tuna Champions? What what do you use um, the vision almost? Yeah, the whole yeah. vision on it all from yeah. going forward. We've got some really exciting things coming up, and one of those things is our intention to go global. So recently, we expanded to include all tuna, and with a main focus on yellowfin and longtail. And yellowfin and longtail, not longtail, but yellowfin now give us now gives us that international reach. So instead of it just being the southeastern states, Australia, and off the coast of New Zealand with Southern Bluefin, we can now go broad, you know, as big as Ben-Hur is the plan. So for us moving forward, um, we really want to target, you know, a, a few fisheries around the world and get the, the message out of Australia, but it's come from Australia. It's really important to acknowledge that this is an Australian program and this is where it started and hopefully one day it will be common practice for many states and countries around the globe employing the Tuna Champions ethos. That's the end goal. Well, we're already seeing seeing the improvement dramatically, so you're doing a fantastic job. Uh, Indy, before we let you go, and you can follow Indy Thompson on Insta, Indy Fishers is her uh, name on Instagram. Indy Fishers in bracket just a little bit. Just a little bit. Um, (laughs) Double. 
Indy Dabbles in fishing. <laughs> let, let's talk your favourite captures before we let you go because we can't let any of our, let our guests go without talking about their favourite captures. Now, your Instagram is lit up with incredible capture upon incredible capture, but is there one that you look at and go, that was a, that was a great day that was just perfect and it culminated in a beautiful GT or a bycatch of a, uh, of a Cobia? Like, you've got so many there. Yeah, look, it's that's an incredibly tough one for me. I can't, I can't look past a marlin. They're just my favourite fish. Ever since I was a little girl, I've always wanted to catch a giant black marlin. Uh, last season, we finally put the plan into action. Got up there, fished three days, did two days for not a fish. And like when I mean not a fish, I didn't even see a fly, nothing, nothing at all. On the last day, we pulled the baits in and we said we've got nothing left to lose. We'll throw some lures out. We'll see how we go with a lure. And I had a 750-pound black eat a lure and had the incredible opportunity of catching that fish with my dad by my side because it's been a fish I've always wanted to catch with him on board. Um, there may have been a few tears. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it was the, probably the happiest capture for me. But it wasn't actually so much about the fish. It was more so about something that you wanted to do with someone. And that, to me, is the importance of fishing. It's actually the fish is the cherry on top. But it's the social aspect of it, spending time with your family, spending time with your friends. That's what it's about. That's, for me, that's the important thing. But that would be my best capture. I reckon that's the best possible message. Hey, Indy, thank you so much for your time this morning on Real Adventures and talking through your passion for fishing, uh, but also the work that you do as project manager at Tuna Champions. Thanks, team. Thanks for having me. Indy Thompson, our special guest on Real Adventures this morning. Red's Review for Club Marine. Get flexible cover for your jet ski, boat, motor, trailer and gear all in one policy. Clubmarine.com.au It's time for Red's Review, our product review of the week and it is the Black Magic Equaliser set. It is. The gimbal, the standard harness and bag in black. Yeah, the reason you asked me to review this was because it is probably the most ideal situation for game fishing and given the, the fact that I'm going marlin fishing, it is a must. These these are probably... There's so many different types out there, but these are probably the most common that you will see. And I didn't understand how important these were until... don't want to be myself, but I did catch 135 kilo southern bluefin tuna last year. I think, I think they know that. And, and, and once you set me up, like fish on, banks up, yep. I'm, I'm on the edge of the boat, I'm winding in the reel, you've jumped to your feet. The fastest I think I've ever seen you move and you're strapping into the harness... I couldn't believe how much pressure it takes off your back. Everything. It does. It puts a bit of strain on your quads. But, but that's okay. I've got a good size quads. Th- you actually do. There was a photo <laughs> of my phone of all of us sitting on the uh, sitting on the stools when we were there. Poor <laughs> Lee Rayner sitting next to you. I'm glad I wasn't sitting next to you because you made his legs look like twigs. Poor little <laughs> Leroy. But they, uh, the quads, it did. It gives you a, a good test out of the quads a little bit because that's where the pressure's going through. It's going through your backside and your legs, yep. which is where you, the strongest part of your body, I guess you could say, is that you don't want it into your back because that's where things go wrong. Your back gets sore and there's nothing, nothing yeah. worse than a sore back back your, your legs you can deal with but basically what it does is the, how you let's just go through the method of how you actually kit it out on yourself on the day so you've got it packed away and it comes in a bag yep i think the this item here is the most expensive item for what it is you'll ever get i reckon they're around roughly around that 350 to 400 dollar mark yeah yep. it's very pricey 
I don't know how a bit of plastic and a bit of cotton can be this expensive, but they are extremely pricey. <laughs> did you but spend that on it? Yes. I, I did. Two of them I bought. I bought two of them. I so got an extra large it. for the big boys like yep. yourself, and I got a small one for the little fellas like me. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got two of them, and I honestly bought two of these at full price. I actually bought one from Birmingham Bait and Tackle because I left one at home last year. Yes. And then I... Uh, the. I've actually got three of them. The other one's put away, which I can probably donate, Beautiful. donate that to your boat, you can, you actually. You can leave that in the cabin, but, thank you. And I purchased all three of them, and they go around your backside. It's going to cost me having a gel coat to be replaced on the side of your boat. I think I win. And it's going to be, <laughs> so what happens is you hook up to a barrel or marlin, whatever it is, you hook up. Everyone gets a bit excited. The rods hook up, the rod takes off, you pull the rod out, and you start fighting it while the other's clear, which is, the, that's the perfect scenario. Then I kick you out on the in the gear. So what I have done, though, initially, is I've actually said, Pat, you're first on the rod today. Yep. Can you try this on, please? Yeah. So it sets around your back. Your back so everything... Yep. You've pre-fitted it. But what I do, though, is this is the trick, is I make sure I go under your jumper. Because nine times out you of ten, cooking. you are cooking and the <laughs> yes. jumper comes off and it slips off you. Yes. So make, make sure the minimum clothes, if yep. you're going to have minimum clothes on, not, not, especially not with, necessarily nude. You get frowned es- upon if es- you're nude. But especially with how you're yelling. Wine, wine, wine. <laughs> Apologies. Okay, and I'm this, So this goes around your waist, clips in, and then the next one is what actually takes the weight off your arms. So the first one, you've got the rod to sit in. It basically sits into your groin area, and yep. the rod sits into there. Then the actual harness beat goes on. So that's the goes gimbal. your waist. Yep. yep. The harness goes around you now. So the first one, this is the key. It needs to go under your butt cheeks. The bottom of it needs to go under your butt cheeks. It needs to be under, not up around your back. You don't have two of them around your back. So there's two pieces to this. The first one that goes under your your butt, the second one goes up sort of just around your hips, above your hips. And it creates a seat from where it buckles in front of you. Yeah, you sit into it. You sit into it. Brilliant. And it attaches to the rod. So those clip onto the rod. I'll give you a tip. You don't even need to buckle the person in. Just click it, on, click it onto the rod, click it onto the rod, yeah. and just sit him into it. it can, yeah. You're not going to fall out. The buckle doesn't need to nothing. Put no. it on if you really want to. But you don't need to do anything. And then the bloke can sit in the rod, or the, or the female, I should say, can sit in the rod comfortably, fight this fish for three, four hours if you need to, yeah. and it works an absolute treat. And the only thing with them, like I said, they are a bit pricey, but they are worth every single dollar. And that there is a Blackmagic gimbal and harness kit that comes in a bag. And that is our Reds Review review of the week. That was Reds Review for Club Marine. Get flexible cover for your jet ski, boat, motor, trailer and gear all in one policy. Clubmarine.com.au You're listening to Real Adventures for Club Marine. Get peace of mind with Club Marine Boat Insurance. Welcome back to Real Adventures for Club Marine. Get flexible cover for your jet ski, boat, motor, trailer and gear, all in one policy. Clubmarine.com.au. Redman, the tip for the weekend, what do you have for us? Well, we're on the Marlin chat, so we may as well stick on it. And I think one of the most important uh, I guess, things when chasing, I guess, even barrel bluefin tuna, even sailfish that you've done a fair bit of, or even marlin, it's just the visual aspect aspect of it. And it's not seeing the actual fish, it's actually as much as seeing the birds as Bait, it is seeing the exactly. fish behind the teasers. And teasers. just water movements, all sorts of things. Now, the one tip I'm going to give you is just get a good pair of polarised sunnies. What do you wear? I wear the tonic eyewear, I always have. I know yeah. you wear something a little bit different these days. But the tonic eyewear, I've worn for as long as I can imagine, and I still do today, and they're great. I've got all the boys kitted out on the boat, and that's the key. 
I've got everyone on the boat with a pair of these sunnies because your old servo sunnies. I wear me tonics. I've you're not happy with my Ray Bans or my Otis. Okay, fair enough. I just, I just, I just when they're on the, I don't want them to miss stuff. I don't want them to miss stuff because so many times when we started Milan, is it? I don't even know what that is. It's not a fashion contest. This is a functional piece of equipment. I've actually got me Ray Bans (laughs) on today. Uh, but what happens is Marlon comes up on the teaser and with my sunnies, I can see everything gets enhanced to me. Everything. And you can basically see through water with the polarised side of the aspect of the sunnies. And like I said, there's so many different brands out there. I'm just telling you what I wear. And this, the Marlon come up and then Bobble next year will have just a pair of servo sunnies on. I'm like, drop the bait, drop the bait, or it'll be on a bait ball. And they just can't see anything. And there's, it costs you fish. It definitely costs you fish. So make sure that you've got a decent pair of sunnies if you are going to go any sort of game fishing or fishing involved that's, that site is involved, whether it's trout in the streams, it's two-pack. You've done a fair bit of that as well. So make sure you've got a decent pair of sunnies. I wear the tonic eyewear. That is Red's tip. And now this one is the flying gaff. And saving yourself on power. Yeah, Elon Musk has a lot to worry about after Victoria Police uh, stopped a vehicle uh, in Scoresby late last week, Redmond, mm. uh, the suburb of uh, southeast of Melbourne. Uh, he was driving a uh, Holden Ute that was fully decked out in solar panels. Uh, and it's safe to say it didn't go down too well with the local police. Uh, either did the fact that uh, he... Didn't have the no, thing registered. No and license. There was a warrant issued for his arrest as well. So he, look, he's had a few issues. Issues the big fella, um, but it's safe to say the the Holden Ute isn't exactly uh, you know challenging Tesla's sort of reign as the ultimate electric vehicle. It's more um, practical though. At least you don't need to pull over every hundred and fifty k's to charge it. The sun does it <laughs> while you're driving. You just don't drive at night. <laughs> I don't know what he was thinking. Anyway, the the vehicle unregistered. She literally uh, had solar panels on every part of this car. Every part of the car. So she's seven grand's worth. (laughs) Impounded for thirty days, and he's looking at uh, well, at least a fine of a thousand bucks, plus a few other sort of uh, issues. What's a thousand dollars when you save that much on power and fuel as it is? He saved all the money. (laughs) Uh, Thanks for your company on Real Adventures. I'm going fishing, Patrick. You're going fishing, and hopefully my boat comes back in (laughs) one piece. Thanks for your company this morning.